And welcome back to the For Film Slate Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Sheehan. I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And today we're going to be talking about A Ghost Story, yes. directed by David Lowry. I'm uh, pretty sure that's his name. Uh, uh, yeah, David Lowry. Yeah. David Lowry, yeah, he Ooh. nailed it. Yeah. Uh, but before we do any of that, let's do the ketchup, condiments, mustard. Hey, uh, ketchup. Sauerkraut. <laughs> any of the condiments. <laughs> as as uh, many of, um, I guess, a lot of you are, are working class folks, so like, uh, like Brian and myself, yeah. um, this time of year um, is it's like the best time of year for me right now. Because a lot of free time? No, the uh, you get your W-2s back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't filed taxes yet mm. because I'm still on my parents' tax form. Yeah. That's, yeah. You got to get off of that shit. Yeah, I know. You got to get, get, get from under that shit because, like, they can claim you and then they're taking in, like, an extra $2,000. I know. And, you, and then, like, you, you don't get any of it. I know. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're going to work and then the state yeah. is taking money away from yeah. your check and then the uh, federal, they're taking money away from the check. And they're fucking and, taking and it. And then they'll it. take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the, you know, I don't know. I had to work out something with, with my parents back then, too, because, yeah. like, if, if you start taking back your whole refund check, I'm like, all right, well, you can have that $2,000. Well, now I'm going to need a hundred dollars you know a month for this or then fifty dollars a month for this and this you know it's like oh well they, they've just taken it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm gonna have to put a stop to that because i want money yes same here but yeah just enjoying that just waiting for my w-2s and um any plans for your refund uh yeah i gotta put my daughter in the summer camp Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be the first uh, year ever where I've like been stable enough to be able to like put her in an actual like real camp with with other kids and stuff. So, that's awesome. She's like yeah. eight too, right? I sure she's ten now. She's ten. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah. So she's like right at the age where that's like oh, a yeah. really fun experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So what summer camp is it? Is it a specific summer camp or uh, just a summer camp? Uh, it's one uh, Tessa found it for me. Uh, we looked it up. They haven't started um, early registration yet, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's the pricing is very good. Um, I'm just interested to see how she's going to interact with um, these different kids. Because I just wonder how it would be for me, like someone that's like poor, lower class, and then you go to a camp where the parents are all making like $100,000 a year type right. stuff so they can afford to put their kids in these very expensive camps. So now you have, you know, kids that are interacting with each other. If anybody's seen uh, the re- a recent episode of Shameless to where you see the little black kid in Shameless and he's poor and all of their family are poor, and then he goes to this very uh, his private school and then he sees what their life Life is like there was like what you have your own bathroom where you you know just like stuff like that it's just this weird just kind of that fish out of water thing so i want to see how she interacts with these different kids yeah those tiny little moments of like what the fuck yeah uh i, I feel it that, that's awesome yeah that's uh, cool. that should that should be nice for her yeah i uh i i haven't been doing a whole lot i except working at the bar and yeah. just kind of like so, so last week like new year's i always get depressed at new year's mm-hmm. for some reason it's just a shitty holiday okay. for me i don't like it yeah and it makes me sad. All right. And so, like, the, the first three days after New Year's, I mm. just sat on my couch, and it was just sad. What'd you do? I sat on my couch and was sad. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> that was the extent. That was all of it. <laughs> I sat there, and I was sad. Yeah, right. I play Call of Duty nice. sometimes. Okay. Yeah. And then I watch Forensic Files some other times. But most of the time, yeah. it was just me being sad on a couch. Did, did you drink at all? Uh, no. No. Oh, I, I, don't, yeah. I try not to drink when I'm sad, because I know. Yeah. That uh, it's just not going to be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was going to buy whiskey. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I didn't buy fucking whiskey is because the ABC store was closed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just like, fuck. Yep. All right. I'll just be sad now. Yep. With nothing to distract me from the world mm. except the existential dread of a year gone. And uh, I don't know. I was dealing with that shit. And, 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 and I, I've been struggling with a thought mm. recently. And, and, and you might relate to this. Okay. Uh, 
I, I realize that I'm not the guy of what, what? anything. I'm just uh, a guy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and that seems like a, like a perfectly normal thought to you. Mm. Uh, but I guess I was so self-absorbed in my bullshit for like the last couple of years mm. that I was just like, yeah, no, of course I'm the guy. Mm. I'm me. Yeah. I'm amazing. Oh, oh, I get yeah. what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's just like, no, of course everyone's going to care about me. Mm. Everyone's going to pay attention to me. Okay. I'm the guy. Yeah. Uh, no, not the guy. Just just the guy. No, yeah, like nobody's yeah. the guy. No. Yep. Just, so I've been kneeling. That was part of the reason why I was like super sad on New Year's Eve. I was just mm. reconciling that oh. with my worldview. Yeah. And I was just like, well, if I'm not the guy, what am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yes, I, I completely understand that that idea, yeah. So yeah. I've been I've been humbled down by my own... You know, insecurities, uh, I, mean, it, I guess. It, it come, I guess it comes down to like um, finding at least like the one person that, that you can be the guy to them. Yeah, you know? I guess. Because like, I mean, I, I have um, like, I guess you call it uh, illusions or delusions of grandeur myself, you know. <laughs> it's like there's, there's things that I would like to accomplish in my life and a person that I see myself as. And we talk about that, uh, that uh, pretty often. I'm like, mm. okay, this, you're talking to me like the person that you think that I am, but you have no <laughs> idea who I think that I am. You know, like, like that's a completely different thing. But it's just kind of having to balance that, that, um, that view of yourself and then the actual person that you actually are. Right. You know, in my mind, like 20 years from now, you will think, different about the way you talk to talk to me (laughs) but we're not 20 years in the future we're right now (laughs) you can look at the things that i've done from now all the way into my past and then that's the conversation that's the person that you're talking to and it's like i can't like make that any better than it is just is (laughs) yeah that's you are just that person just that (laughs) that exists at this particular moment in time yep (laughs) and anything other than that you're lying to yourself yeah and and you should fucking sit down yeah uh, learned that I, I I don't know what sparked that thought. I was just I was just like sitting in a couch, New Year's Eve, and I just went like I'm, I'm not anybody's the guy. Mm. I'm just everybody's guy. This is awesome. I'm like, I'm a guy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I and I just sat there and I was sad for an hour, about an hour, and then my mind would just not let it go. Mm. And I was just like, I guess nothing matters. Like, do I? What am I? What the fuck am I? Yeah. I don't know what I am. Yeah. If I'm not the guy mm. to anybody. What am I? Yeah. Am I am I a writer? Uh, am I am I a, a funny guy that just happens to stick around and sometimes show up to your parties? Mm-hmm. Am I the guy that just shows up and eat your food? Yeah. What am I to you? I'm somebody's everybody. I'm everybody's that guy that does one specific thing. Mm-hmm. I'm nobody's guy, you know. So like like f- f- for okay. you, I may be the guy that I do a show with, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but for somebody else, I might be the guy that sometimes shows up to his house, eats his food. Mm-hmm. And then passes out on the couch after drinking too much. Right. I'm gonna be that guy to somebody. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. That's none of those are identities for which I am okay with. Oh, I you know you. what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. None of those are any identity that I have mustered myself. They're just yeah. things that happened, yeah. things that I've done, yep. and therefore my identity is based on them. Yes. And I am uncomfortable with that fact. I don't fucking like it because I like the idea in my head of me going like, no, yeah, of course I'm the biggest dick in the room. Mm. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 and I'm dealing with that. I, I don't know how to do it mm. yet. I'm still sort of, you can tell that this is like a fresh shot because I don't have a resolution 
I, I love it though. I, it. I love it because I mean it shows like genuine growth. Because like any kind of problems that you create for yourself, that same person can't fix that problem. Right. You know, the only pro- uh, way that you can fix that is like to to graduate in consciousness, in uh, maturity, and then see a problem that a lesser person created, and now this bigger person can actually identify it and start to fix it. Right. You know. So I mean, that's that is pretty awesome. Some version of me in the future is going to know what to do. Oh with yeah. This. Yeah. I have no fucking idea. Mm. I don't know how to deal with it. And if you talk to me in the next couple of, this is why I was like. This started in our last episode, mm-hmm. which is why I had a little like sort of obsessive, anxious energy yeah. around me because this is just <laughs> rolling in my head <laughs> yeah. while we were fucking talking about top ten movies. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't know, the, the, the future me will figure it out. Present me has no idea what the fuck is happening. Yes, he's trying to figure it out. He looks in the mirror and he just goes like, "What are you?" Mm-hmm. That's what I am right now. I'm, I'm I'm the guy that doesn't know what guy he is. Fucking and it's, yes, it's, like it's weird. It's I don't like it. I don't fucking like this, it. This is awesome though, man. Because <laughs> like when when you're you're talking like when I'm listening to you talk, like I hear like when I'm 20, like I'm going through that. You know, in, yeah. in that moment, people that are listening to this, they're going through that shit. Right. You know, it's like it's not putting on a facade. Not you know, um, it, it's it's just just genuinely giving your truth, like real truth, like yeah. bearing that shit out there. And it's like that connects with people, man. Like that's that's real. I like that a lot. It, it, it is real and yeah. uncomfortable, and yes. I hate every second of it. Mm-hmm. It's quite gross. Yeah. Um, but it's happening. Yeah. Uh, I've also I've also re- <laughs> I've also since I'm just fucking mm-hmm. I've also realized that uh, I'm an obsessive person. Okay. Like not uh, in an unhealthy way, kind of obsessive. My mm-hmm. thoughts just roll in my head yeah. for like three weeks at a time until I'm shaking with anger mm. at them. Uh, and, 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 and so I'm, I'm going to a therapist. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> That's what that means. I think I have some form of OCD mm. with intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And, and I realized this on the day before New Year's Eve mm. where I've read an article, like five articles th- that had the information about obsessive tendencies and mm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, fuck, the last five years makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Shit. Yes. <laughs> and so, so I'm sitting in my bed, holding my phone, reading articles from Psychology Today, WebMD, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck, like medical journals. And yeah. It's like, no, no, you, I make sense. All right, yeah. that makes sense. I have, I have this. I probably have this. It's, po- it's, po- it's possible. Um, my <laughs> my girlfriend brings stuff like that up to me, and or even my mother too. Like just mm-hmm. in in history, but. It makes me feel, I don't know how, how differently I would feel. Because, like, sometimes I, I, I feel like, yes, everyone is riding around on four wheels. Mm. And I feel like I'm riding on three wheels. Right. But then I compensate for however I have to compensate for that to make it seem as if I'm on four wheels just like everyone else. Right. You know, but it's like I don't have the actual proof that I have, you know, less than other people. It's just the way that, because I can't, you know, be in other people's brains and their bodies and understand mm. how they work. I just understand how I work. And I feel like if I ever got the confirmation that, yes, you are on the spectrum, you have a, a form of autism or Asperger's, no. uh, yes, you do have OCD, obsessive compulsive, or yes, you do have this kind of anxiety and depression, these things, if, if it's acknowledged and I 100% know that, then I guess it kind of makes me feel like I can kind of lean on that crutch now. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it, it definitely feels <laughs> like bit. something makes sense now and yeah. you're like, oh, all right, that's why I don't understand people. Mm. Or, or, or that's why I, 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 I've checked my log 15 times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, it's one of those, f- when you find out that you have a possible mental illness that goes beyond anxiety or depression, because mm. anxiety and depression, they're serious mental illness, oh, right? Yes. But they happen mm. and they go away and they come back and they, they sort of have this periodical mm. quality to them. Yeah. Uh, when you find out you've got something like 
sort of like OCD or, mm. or Asperger's, something like that, you have to sit down and you have to sort of reconcile your worldview yeah. around that mm. because that's you now. That's yeah. your life now yeah. for X amount of time. Mm. That's, you just have that. Yeah. That doesn't happen to you. It, it, you have, it's, it's there, mm-hmm. permanently there. Yeah. And, 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 and so that was part of my New Year's. I was just like on my couch going like, fuck, I think I have a CD. Here's a fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went in on, on Monday thinking, maybe I have OCD. The thought didn't leave my mind until Wednesday night, mm-hmm. which means that for three days, I obsessed over the fact that I might be obsessive. Yeah. So it, it makes no sense. It, I, I fucking hate, I hate it. I hated the whole experience. Mm. It was it was mind numbing, and I'm dealing I'm dealing with that. I'm dealing with identity issues, and, and and knowing whether or not I I have obsessive compulsive disorder. All right. <laughs> it's been a fucking year. Yeah. It's been a good start to the fucking year. Yes, man. I mean, I think from from all from past episodes till now, I think it's clear that you're you're an, uh, an obvious hypochondriac. Yes, <laughs> that's something that we we've established over and over. And I over thought about sure. that too. Yes, it's like I'm gonna say this in the podcast. It's gonna bring up the time where I thought I had Aspergers. I'm gonna things. bring up like seven other occasions, and he's gonna say I'm a hypochondriac, and I mean, I'm gonna yeah. be like, no, man, I, this is real. I fucking get it, and then I'm gonna be fine three months from now, and yep. he's gonna be right, and I'm gonna fucking hate it. So there, there was a guy on uh, on Scrubs like that. Uh, he would just come in every week, just looking to find something wrong with him. Never, never anything wrong. But I mean, I guess if like if you think about it long enough, then there can be. Yeah. And actually, there might be something wrong. I don't know shit. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. Like within my own personal self, that's one thing that I, I don't know. I, I think there's something wrong, but I'm not gonna address it and then find out for sure. <laughs> that scares me a bit. Right. I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, it is terrifying. Yeah. I, I can't help but address it, mm-hmm. and and it's part of that obsessive energy. Mm-hmm. That I have, like someone says something, I'll think about it for like three fucking days. But, but if you if you address it, does the the obsession not just go into that? No, no. If, 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 the wait, sorry. Well, what was the question? All sorry. right. So like, if um, like say for me, it's like if I actually do have some form of autism, and then mm-hmm. I address that, and then diagnose and be like, no, this is what you have. So now my my obsession, the things that I'm going to be thinking about, are that. But like now it's not, I'm not looking at this and it's weird because I'm a weird person. It's weird because of this, I have this condition. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. The, the, kind of, uh, I think that kind of depends on how you react mm-hmm. to it. I think, I think that if, if that happened to me, I would just be like, oh, fuck, things make sense now. And I have mm-hmm. to reconcile that identity mm-hmm. with the blankless, sort of formless identity issues that I have right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's being a person is weird. Yes, and and I hate intrusive thoughts and obsessive thoughts. And what really fucks me up about them is that it feels like in your head it feels like there's two people, mm. and there's you, and then there's like a, a version of you that's just saying all these shitty things. Like mm. you're at a party, yeah, and you're having a conversation with like your nice friend, and then the other voice of you goes like, just punch him in the face. Oh and yeah. And oh like, yes. All the time, definitely. Yeah, no, that happens all the time. I think Hell that yeah. happens to most people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the issue is that when it happens to me, I sort of ruminate on it, mm-hmm. and it just becomes like a self loop. There, uh, there has to be a way to like. I don't know. It's like the um, Lon Bumgarner. He talked about about our brains being an operating system. Yeah. And it's like I feel like maybe it's not to the extent with every person, but every person has that thing that's odd, and they have to figure out how to fix that. Right. Because like my things, I obsess about, and I, they're not going to go away. But I find a way to make them benefit me. You right. know, like the obsessing about things um, that I can't control. How I say I'm not going to be hit in the face immediately by a bird when I open the door because I'm thinking about that. <laughs> right. Like, but I've made a way to benefit 
hit me because now I'm not going to get hit in the face with a bird. But, but, but I'm then, not going to not think about that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. That's, that's I think that definitely comes with, with years of experience. Mm. I'm 22. Yeah. I From like 18 to now, which is like I really when all of these issues start showing up. Yeah. From 18 to now, I, no, I, there's no... Oh yeah. There's no basis or map or manual mm-hmm. or structure nope. to any of it. Nope. You just experience things, and then the things that you experience make you go, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. And then you try to put together some sort of paper mache agglomeration. Yeah. I'll I, I, I'll compilation of an answer, mm-hmm. and then you hold this loosely thing, and it's like dripping weird mushy newspaper, mm-hmm. and then you hold it up to somebody, and you go like, "Am I doing okay?" Yeah, I and mean that's kind of what it feels like. It's because it's <laughs> gonna be different from for each person. Like um, something that worked for me wouldn't work for everyone else, and vice right. versa. I mean, it's like like we're playing a video game, and then I'm like, yeah, you see that little puddle right there? You got to jump over that. I jumped over that, and that was good. And then you got to sidestep over there. But then it's like, uh, you know, I can tell you that exact same thing. You jump over the puddle, and then you look back, and then it's a completely different experience yep. for you from doing that. You know, so I mean, it's like you can only go through trial and error, your experiences, and then how you can fix that each time. Right. I mean, it's. A case by case thing is fucking life, and being human is fucking weird. It's, it is. I don't like it. But what what, what I w- wanted to point out is like like the, the, there's two sides of you. The one with the sort of obsessive thought mm. and intrusive thought, and then you, and then this guy is screaming inside of your head to do something, or you're trying to be a person. Mm. And and but there's not two people. It's it's one brain. It's you. I'm the brain. Yeah. Why why am I getting two feedback thoughts from 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 the same brain? You know I what think I'm saying? You, you need that though, don't you? I mean, sure, I guess. I mean, yeah. but like having a thought process and then having a feedback on that thought process is fine. Yeah. Having a thought and then having an entirely different thought mm. that has nothing to do with this one, but this one's just a little bit louder. Yeah. It's it's that's not that's like putting a microphone on a microphone and then pretending they don't screech. Uh, you know? It's like it's like yeah. a feedback loop. You just go, like, hey. That dog seems nice. Kick it in the fucking face. Yeah. And then you're like, why the fuck are you doing that? God damn it. I, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think about it like the, uh, the old trope of uh, having the, the angel and the devil on your shoulders. Like uh, mm-hmm. one person is saying one thing, the other one person is saying the complete 180 degree opposite of it. And I think about like balancing those out, like being like a 19 year old, 21 year old, I guess you have to be inside of a bar. And then one is saying, damn, look, look at that skirt. That skirt is hi- hiked up so high. Maybe if I just walk up to her and put my hand on her thigh, yeah, she'll, she'll enjoy that. And then I'll ask her if she wants a drink. You know, I'll just be very aggressive. That's the mm-hmm. way to go. She's showing the thigh, so she wants you to go over there and, you know, just get, get a little aggressive with her. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're trying to <laughs> go out here and rape people and shit. Like, okay, I kind of agree with him. You want to be a little aggressive, I guess. But, like, how about just go over there and, you know, say what's your name? And yeah. then, like, you're trying to then balance in between both of those guys. The crazy guy and the, the, the pussy guy. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just like the balance. So it's like, and then it might be the balance in the, the angry guy and the not angry guy. I mean, just the balance in, in all of it. You know? Yeah, it, it's hard. Uh, it, oh, it's it, super hard. It, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. Oh, no. I'm 22, and I'm figuring this shit out. I have no idea who I am when I look in the mirror. Didn't Taylor Swift write a song about that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Feeling 22. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, I get it, Taylor. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I gave you shit for that. I fucking get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Uh, But apart from identity issues and possible mental illness, Mm -hmm. uh, I've been writing and doing quite a bit of writing Mm -hmm. recently. Uh, I wrote 11 pages to my gay romance script which was pretty fucking nice. Mm-hmm. The typewriter was a good investment. Nice. Uh, and then I, I've been writing a pilot um, for like the last four weeks. Yeah. And uh, it's been going good. Very nice. Which is 
weird. Mm. I feel like a writer now. Okay. Except I look in the mirror and I'm just like, there's no writer in there. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, I'm like a weird crossroads where I know what I am and I know what I want to be. And then I, 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 don't, I don't know I do. Oh, I think it's just with time. Anything yeah. that you, if you're doing something for 10 years and you can call yourself that, I guess, because like I, I looked at my time of five years of being a rapper, like yeah. I was legitimately a rapper, like yeah. I sold music, I made a number of songs. And then it's like, if someone is to ask me today, who are you? My first thing wouldn't be a rapper, yeah. you know, but that, that, that took five to seven years, like of hard work every single day. So it's like, even like with you now, it's like, you look in the mirror, it's like, do I see a writer? Is there a writer there? And it's just like, let's see 10 years from now. No, I know there's a, there's a, I know for sure there's a writer. I've been yeah. doing it for like seven years, mm-hmm. like eight years writing mm-hmm. now. I've made money off of writing. Mm-hmm. I'm a writer. All right, that, 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 exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you decide, like right. what you are. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird feeling when you like. What am I? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's 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 life. It's, it is. It's fucking life, and I'm uh, figuring it out. Uh, have did you play the lottery at all this this week? Yes. You actually play the lottery? Yeah, my mom oh, made me buy no. tickets. Yeah. God, I didn't do it of a choice. <laughs> yeah. My mom said, "Hey, buy me the tickets, and I'll pay you the money." I was see, I was the uh, the the angel and the devil thing. I was thinking about this uh, at work this week. So everybody was like, "All right, we need to pull in. Everybody's going to give in ten dollars a piece, and then we're all going to play the the Mega Millions and the Powerball, and then we'll split the money, and then we'll all be Mega." How many tickets are you fucking buying for ten dollars each? I don't know. I mean, it's how whatever. many people put in money? Um, twenty to twenty-five people, I guess. They're, like two hundred fifty bucks. They're three dollars a fucking play. Ten dollars total, so ten dollars a person, and and collecting all this money, and, and and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, the lottery is complete bullshit. I don't believe Absolutely. in, I don't, I don't believe in that shit or whatever. So I mean, no, you're never gonna win. So what would be the difference in me collecting this ten dollars a piece from each person, take two hundred and fifty dollars home, put that in my bank account, come back to work on Monday, be like, up, oh, we didn't win. Then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what would the difference be? You know, but, but except, except for I would have me a very nice pea coat yeah. at home. Because I'm, I'm just saying, it's like save your money. Like, why are you throwing ten dollars away? Like, you can pull that money. And be like, okay, with this two hundred and fifty dollars, we're gonna go to the homeless shelter and then bring some food to them. That's you know? what I was thinking. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's actually doing something with yeah. the money. But it's just like I feel like we're just throwing this money away. Burn this shit alive. Like, yeah. burn it up. Why? Why? What's the point of that lottery shit? And and in the end, is they're buying hope, yeah. and, and it's like what, what I was like realizing like all these people around me, it's like they're they're miserable in their lives, and they they just they have that uh, life is just repetitive, and you're going through the same cycles over and over, and then the the hope that things can change and be different and be better, and you know just have a larger life, like even if you can have that hope for a day or two days, like that gives people promise and they really enjoy that and and i understand that but i don't like the feeling of false hope yeah it, it, it feels I, I mean it's like i want actual hope don't sell me a fucking you know what i'm saying like i want actual hope don't like sell not, don't, me the narrative yeah. just tell me i can do yeah i'm not buying false hope like i'll buy some actual hope yep. if you have any of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, in my mind i just picture like a gruff dude and like a, with like a beer and a cigar going like want some hope yeah like, only if you've got the actual thing <laughs> And the guy, well, I got false say, hope. <laughs> I got Chinese knockoff hope. That's uh, all I got. Uh, give it to me. <laughs> give it to me then. That's what it feels like. It's just like, well, they'll take the false hope. It's like buying bad heroin. <laughs> yep, I'll, take, I'll take what they got. Um, I got this. It might kill you in 10 years. Uh, yeah, I got to take, take it. I'll take it. Fat fuck. I watched um, Dave Chappelle's, um, his most recent stand-up specials. I heard he got in a lot of trouble for those. Good. 
Man. Good man, like I am loving this shit. Like it is, it's crossing over to like Richard Pryor territory for me now. Oh, really? Like the stuff I was talking about with Kevin Hart a few weeks back. I'm like, if you're gonna actually talk about some shit, talk about something real. Get real in these in these uh, stand up specials. And Dave Chappelle, he's giving his honest opinion, and it's something we kind of I was talking about a little bit um through text message today. We were coordinating uh, times right, and yeah. everything, and I'm just like. The, the world is just so fucking PC and everyone's so sensitive to everything that if we can't just like say what we want and be mean to each other with our friends, even in a joking way without risk of offending our friends right. and the people that we like, then we might as well just walk around not saying anything to anybody. Yeah, no, you know? okay. And that's kind of what I'm enjoying about uh, Dave Chappelle is he's not politically correct at all. He's saying things that are borderline, not even borderline, that offend people. Everyone, everyone isn't going to like the things that he's saying, but the thing is, it is funny as all shit and it's not hateful at all you know i think there's there's a, a strong line i, I between. feel like there has to be a level of introspection mm. in in that humor what do you to, mean like like you have to be willing to admit that this is your thought process because oh, of your experience you got you got to watch it yeah. yes because i mean that's that's the the whole thing is just like he's giving you his opinion and then showing understanding what the world is currently mm-hmm. and then saying i'm refusing refusing to conform to whatever the world has decided that it is these are jokes either you can laugh at yourself or you can't Right, you know, and that's and I I enjoyed the both of those uh, stand up specials, nice. and um, outside of that, uh, Mudbound. If anybody's seen Mudbound, it's on Netflix oh, now. I've heard that title Ooh. a lot. Is it a telly or? Uh, it's, it's a movie. Um, the Brits were trying to get you to watch it on Twitter a few weeks back. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Josh Gass, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were talking about it. Uh, maybe having it in their top ten. I just seen it, and it will put you in the feels. Really, it's your. I mean, it's kind of like that. You seen Fences. And offenses, like I said, affected me a lot differently than you said it affected you. Mm-hmm. And I think it may be similar. It's just it's the people that are very, very poor and going through hard times and and then just bad shit happens. It's right. just sad and there's no, not really any redemption. And even in the redemption, it's, there's sadness in that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this is a really, really very well-made movie. I liked it a lot. You'll cry your fucking eyes out like watching this but it's it's just amazing nice I'll and, check it out. and uh last but not least uh i talked about black mirror at the very end of last week um have having seen that watch them all again with uh with my girlfriend um this is the least the least enjoyable season of black mirror that they've had so far i was gonna i was gonna say that it's it's the, the least enjoyable but it is still very 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 good yeah. you know so there, there's like six six episodes and out of that two of them are outstanding you can place them with any other black mirror episodes but four are just like all right yeah. Yeah. I watched the crocodile one. Crocodile. What, what happens in that? The, that's the lady that kills the the guy that she killed a kid with. Like they were driving oh, yeah. in a car yep. accident. Yep. It's like a crime thriller. It was like a Fargo episode. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, but I I I like the episode. Mm-hmm. I think the beats of the episode were really fun. Yep. I, I I fucking lost my shit when they took the hamster out of the cage. <laughs> yes. That, 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 that was a very good episode. Uh, that was funny. I enjoyed yeah. that episode a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 it just escalated so quickly. Yeah, it did. Uh, but I, I don't know that, like, even though as much as I enjoyed that episode, I don't know if, like, that episode holds up with any nope. of the nope. other seasons. No, I agree. And it, 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 it made me a little sad because mm. a lot of Black Mirror I can't watch because it just makes me like, Ugh, yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm curious to see what the other episodes are. They are. I mean, they're they're good. I mean, there's there's one that you'll you'll like. I believe it's uh it's all black and white, and I love it so much. It's because like the composition, like the lighting, is awesome, man. Even if the story isn't super duper great, I mean, it's, right. it's I think you'll enjoy this one a lot. Yeah. Hell yeah! I'll, I'll definitely look at it uh, when I'm 
more comfortable with my own self. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of honesty shit that yeah. I like. Like, yeah. I love this, like, pure, honest talk type shit. <laughs> Straight up, like, for real. I love that. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good outlet. Hell yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like this for, like, a couple of weeks, probably. I mean, as long as yeah. it's real shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no facade, like, like real shit. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be all right. Is there anything else that you saw? Um, not worth talking about now. Okay, cool. I not, neither neither have I. A lo, lo, lot of forensic files. Mm. Good show. Uh, mm. Learn how to get away with uh, yeah. with murder or don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't. <laughs> yep. I want to give a shout out to uh, like I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts because mm. I don't I, I I fucking drive a lot of places now. Mm. Uh, I want to give a shout out to first of all Josh uh, their podcast has been like one of the ones played in my phone a lot. Mm. And I also want to give a shout out to a podcast that I've said before that they don't need my shout out, but my favorite murder. Mm. Uh, if you like true crime and you like hearing, I feel like they're the white girls versions of you and I mm. uh, when they're talking shit on the microphone about dead people. Yeah, uh, It's a really fun podcast. So check it out if you're into that dynamic. Uh, other than that, I got nothing and I'm ready to talk about a ghost story. Yes, me too. Cool. We'll be right back. I just dramatically pointed at my computer. Yes. <laughs> I'll be right back. And welcome back. Uh, ghost Story. Hey. Chris. Uh, ghost Story. It uh, came out in uh, 2017. It's rated R. It's listed as a drama fantasy and it has a one hour and 32 minute runtime. Uh, and the rundown is, in this singular exploration of legacy, love, loss, and the enormity of existence, a recently deceased white-sheeted ghost returns to a suburban home to try to reconnect with his bereft wife. It's uh, written and directed by David Lowry, and it stars Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. I love the description so much. Because yeah. it tells you everything about that movie, and it tells you nothing, nothing about, about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so the Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. Yeah. 2017 came out like near the summer of mm. last year. They didn't make it to my top 10 list, nope. but this is one of my favorite movies mm. of 2017. I think it's a fucking fantastic movie. That's, that's a, a, something that needs to be distinguished, I think. And I don't know if we talked about it too much uh, last week. As a difference between what's your favorite movies of the year and, and what you consider the best movies of right. the year. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Let's go. This, is definitely, this is definitely a movie that is hard to watch. Okay. It's a movie that is hard, harder to rewatch. I, I, I disagree with both of those. Really? Like, it was the easiest watch I've had in, in, of a movie in months, and it was a better rewatch than it was an original watch. Like, oh, not really? even to be contrary, like just like yeah. 100% serious. That's like, interesting. Like, I, like my, my normal process is I'll watch the movie sometime during the week, and then I'll rewatch it that morning before we do the podcast. Right. And this morning watching it, it was that much better of a movie for me just because there were some, some things that I didn't pick up in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Right. And then, it, you know, how it kind of doubles back at the end. Yeah. Like, and now I can kind of see that full cycle and understanding the movie a lot more in the yeah. second watching for me, I guess. I, 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 so just a, like a quick rundown on the movie. Casey Affleck dies in a car accident. Yes. And he's about to, he's in this relationship with Rooney Mara's character. And they're just a normal relationship. They're happy, unhappy, kind of on and off. A bit, the same yeah. way that any relationship would be, but they have troubles because Casey Affleck wants to stay in this house mm. and she wants to move away. Yeah, uh, but Casey's a musician, so I reckon he's not in the house all the time, and like that's like the root of the conflict. Mm. Um, uh, and and he dies in a car accident, and then he wakes up, but he wakes up literally as a bedsheet ghost, mm. which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's nice how they did it because um, you know he, she goes to the hospital to view the body. They pull the sheet back, you know, just about to his chest, mm -hmm. and she asks for a minute, and she just stands. 
before I even get too far into this, yeah. there's with this movie and this director, I want to say I looked up the rest of his movies to see what he's done. There's nothing else that really interests me that much. But anything after this, I want to check this guy out because yeah. I haven't seen a movie in recent memory that uh, a, a director has hailed on shots for so long. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and without without um without caring if like like for for a few moments I thought that maybe because I'm watching on Fire Stick and mm-hmm. I'm using my internet connection. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'll because I've been looking at the same shot and nothing's moving and there's no sound. Nope. You know, so it's like a few times like when when there's no sound and no movement and you're holding on one shot for 15, 20 and 30 seconds, you know, for effect. Like that, 15, 20 and 30 seconds is short. Yeah, yeah. And some other shots in this movie. Exactly, yes. Yeah. You know, for effect and it's like the when I'm watching it the first time through, I'm like, why are you doing this? But then you see it the second time and the third time of him doing it, I'm like, okay, this is very purposeful and what you're doing. So it's like, the, how, how much dialogue do you think is in this movie? Very the little. The more, the most dialogue part is that monologue that the bald guy has yep. in the middle. Yep. And that's about maybe 50 lines, 60 maybe. lines. Yeah. 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 So it's like, there's not much talking in it at all. So it's like the whole direction of the movie is is through those shots and and what you're taking from things that aren't words and pure body language yeah too. And, yeah and like like Casey Affleck is underneath this bedsheet the entire time did you presumably what, what did you believe that was uh, him under the the bedsheet so. I think I, yes. I think Affleck would be the kind of guy that would do that he, he, you have to, like I, I stressed <laughs> yeah. over that because uh, Tesla was like uh, that's not he why would he be under the sheet mm-hmm. you know why would he why why would why would you just have a stand in put a sheet over somebody else and then they can do it what's the difference like, he believes in the project he wants exactly. to convey the mood yes. Yeah. I would be very upset. Yeah. And then I'm staring at it now because I'm like, he has a beard. So anytime there's any light that's going through the sheet, I'm <laughs> see, trying to see if I can see beard. that beard. And you could. You could actually see a little bit of the beard. So I'm like, all right, that's Casey, awesome. you got it. <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that it was Casey under, under this this bed sheet. Yeah. Partly because it, it, it meant that the, there was no real sense of ego as to yes. whether or not he was a star of this movie yep. or not. And I think that works for that works for the movie a little bit. Like the only part of ego that I've really sensed it was the the double back watching of it uh, this morning. And then uh, you know him, he's actually a mu- musician. Mm-hmm. He makes his own music. And um, in the movie, the uh, the song that he was producing, and then later let her hear. You know that's the song that he actually made for the movie. Right. And then when the song is playing and she's listening to it, the director does another steal on his face. And it just made me think about a little a little ego when there's mm. a song playing that you yourself created, and then I'm looking at your face as you listen to watch someone listen to your music to see their reaction. You know, it's like 30 seconds of just staring at his face as we listen to a song that he, Casey Affleck, the real yes. person has made. Yep. You know, but the acting part, yes, completely agree. Uh, and 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 I I think that it it just works so well because Casey Affleck is really good at body language. Oh yeah. I remember him in Manchester by the Sea. Mm. He barely talked in that movie. Yeah. And you felt the weight of every little thing he did. Yeah. And I think it's the same for this Betsheeta ghost. I yes. think it's just amazing yeah. to look at him and then just be like, oh, no, no, I feel that. I yeah. feel whatever that ghost is feeling, I get it. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do that. Not a lot of actors can do that. Do you, Go ahead. Uh, do, you, do you think that they, um, and I'm, I'm going over like a lot of simplistic and rudimentary mm-hmm. things that doesn't really impact the movie or story at all. No. But um when you, when you look at the ghost and he has the the two holes in his um, where the eyes are, yeah. do you do you think that they had to take like um, like black paint or something to like put around his eyes and everything? Because any, anytime that I, you see the shot is just blackness. You know, yeah. you can't really see inside of there. It might just be like black cloth. Just a black cloth on the yeah, it too? might just be black cloth mm. on like on the eye. But 
because uh, you you can't see through it. You can't see eyes at all. So no, no, no. Yeah. Huh? yeah, that's just something I thought about every time when they showed. Because I'm like, there's somebody in there, and they're not covering it up, you know. But like, how am I not seeing a reflection of anything? Right. Yeah. You know. But all right. But yeah, that's just, just like like technicality stuff. Um, the the fun. The, one of my favorite like aspects of this movie mm-hmm. is knowing that the director himself uh, put up all the money mm-hmm. for the movie. So he produced the movie himself. He didn't ask anybody else for the movie. So he had complete creative control of the film, which is why we get to see things like a five-minute scene of a lady eating a fucking pie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I lo- like, me and Tessa watch this movie together. We rarely watch, like, podcast movies together. Yeah. And we sat there, and we watched her eat <laughs> that, like, whole half a pie. Like, it was a complete, like, completely removed from whatever this movie is, because we don't know it's 20 minutes into the movie. You, you know? don't know anything about the movie. No. The ghost has literally just made it to the home. Yep. Some lady, which is a realtor, mm. has just dropped off a pie, yep. and, and 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 Casey Affleck is just watching there, and yep. random Murray, Rooney just sits there, sad, and you see the moment. And this is why I love that scene. You see the moment where she's grieving, mm. and then she takes a bite out of the pie, and then she goes like, "You know what? I feel like shit. I'm gonna eat this fucking pie." Yeah. And and just the whole thing straight out of the pan. Yep. And I did. We've all been there. We've yes. all been in that moment. Hundred percent. And 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 the fact that we saw it happen for five minutes, mm-hmm. and Kevin and Ke- fucking Kevin Casey uh, has just just watching this woman eat. Yep. We've all been in that moment of like privacy that we think we have, mm-hmm. and then just emotional sort of underwhelming. Don't know how to deal with this, so I'm gonna do this other thing. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of her not knowing that her husband was watching while that was happening. Yeah. Because I feel like there's some sort of like, as Casey as the ghost is an avatar yeah. for what we would feel like if we could watch somebody else in that moment. And you start thinking about all the people in your life mm-hmm. that you would hate to see them eating a pie in sadness. Yeah. Because um, you care about them so much. Oh, yeah. And like that's the, the, five minutes of eating a fucking pie. Ended up being probably one of the most emotional five minutes yes. that I've seen in recent movies. Oh, yeah. It's great. There, were, there was two things that I thought about that scene, and, and this, this is, again, just outside of the part that makes the actual story. Right. Um, well, number one, um, the actor Rooney, she's a, a very thin lady. Yeah. You know, she's she's very very thin, attractive lady as well. And um, I'm watching up to that point, so um, she's starting to eat the pie. Eat the and, fuck out of and, the pie. And just and I've I've been in like some heavy like diet type shit, you know, yeah. myself, you know, over the past you know at least six months, you know, get, getting really into it. And it's just I know what it takes for someone that's dieting and trying to be thin. And then you look at a pie, and then you see 1,200 calories, and then you think one fork full of that bite, and you know, 120 calories. Let's go, you know. So I'm like, she has to have some of those same thoughts. You know, as an actress in yeah. Hollywood, and it's going to be presenting her body on screen. Right. So, so when she she sees on the script that she's going to be eating as much of a pie as she possibly can, it's like when she sees that script day, she was like, "Okay, that's going to be in two weeks." So for two weeks, she's just not getting to eat food whatsoever. But she's so ready for this pie. This pie is coming now. Do you think that she got to tell them what kind of pie it is? I hope so. Like, I sure it, should hope so. Yes. Like as far as I'm concerned, she should have had her mother make whatever kind of pie that she loves. It's her favorite fucking pie, and then you bring that pie to the set, and then you let her eat that fucking pie as much <laughs> of it as she can, you know? Yeah. For like, some reason, I envisioned that pie to be cherry pie. Tessa thought it was blueberry pie, and I thought it was pumpkin pie because she was white. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like, a thought process. Why, I mean, uh, white people traditionally enjoy pumpkin pie. It was a blueberry pie. Well, I mean, but I wanted. Uh, oh, it, to it be was a cherry blueberry. Pie. Yeah, it was blueberry. Oh well, damn it, Tessa, you're right. But I wanted. I wanted. <laughs> 
I want to. I lo- I like cherry pie, man. That's the best <laughs> pie. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I was thinking about that. Um, the pie. And um, number two, I, f- I forgot what the, the other point outside of that was. But I, but yeah, I really enjoyed sitting her. Sit, oh, the milk. Like you, you, like how long? Like even if you had a pie, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I'm like Brian. See how much of this pie you can eat. You All know, right. just just to see how much you can do. And then you're eating the pie. Then after you get a quarter way into that pie, you're you might, want some milk. You're, you're a little parched. Yeah. You know. So, <laughs> so so I was just like I was like rooting on for her endurance right. to be able to eat a half of a pie without a sip of anything. Like beyond acting. Like I was like that's not acting. That's real. She's really taking that fork. She's mm. really putting it in the food. She's really swallowing it and really not drinking anything. Yep. Has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. It's impressive. Not in the least. It's really is. <laughs> It's just really impressive. You ate half a pie right there. You thin, frail person. You ate half a goddamn pie. Half a pie. I love that scene so much. Me too. There's nothing. For me, there's no way that scene could have been better. It's no. just <laughs> ate a fucking pie. Yes. And the, the, the really good. Okay, so back to like why I think the movie's so great. Yeah. I think the movie's great. First of all, it's got this air of un- unapologeticness all right. to it. The movie doesn't care mm. that you're watching a shot for six minutes. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't care. Nope. The movie doesn't feel uncomfortable by making you uncomfortable. Oh, okay. no, it doesn't. Uh, no. The movie is perfectly fine doing that. Yeah. And I think that as an, as an, as an audience member, the first 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes you're watching the movie, mm. you're like, all right, what's happening? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Why am I, why am I seeing this so long? I get it. Yeah. I get the information. But the, the idea is not to get the information. The mm. idea is to experience time the way that people experience time. Mm. It's an anti-cinematic approach to filmmaking mm. while still maintaining a very cinematic look. Normally, we would cut out a lot of that information because oh, we yeah. get it. Yep. But the movie's not about that. The movie is about the fact that time doesn't care about you. Yeah. Time and the universe are there, and you happen to be on it. Whatever That's, happens mm. after that, it's not inconsequential. You're yep. inconsequential to it. Yep. So the movie reflects that thematic by making you watch minute long, two minute long, mm-hmm. 45 second long shots where nothing is happening. Uh, yes. You I are mean, a voyeur in every sense of the word. Oh, you just yeah. happen to be have a window into that moment in time. Mm-hmm. And in real life, there's a lot of not time. <laughs> there's yes. a lot of things that don't happen. Oh, yeah. And and and, and I love that facet of the movie mm. because I've I've seen directors convey their thematics, their cinematography and yeah. symbolism and all of that. Oh, yeah. I've seldom seen a director convey their thematic by the way they're making you watch the movie. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Uh, it's gorgeous. There was a, um, what, what, was, what was I want uh, to, when, when I first started watching this and when you suggested it actually like a, a month ago or so, you said a ghost story, mm-hmm. immediately, you know, you think of like haunted houses and, right. you know, spooky ghost, scary stories, a horror movie of some kind. And then, you know, I started like looking at it, into it, and then I'm like, oh, it's a love story. It's supposed to be between Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. It's a love story. And then I watched the movie and then about 45 minutes, an hour into it to where you start seeing time and then, um, you know, she moves out of the house. A, a Hispanic family moves into the house. He haunts the fuck out of them. They leave. You know, you know the house eventually... I love just, that Hispanic family so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the house gets torn down. They, they build up a high rise and time goes on. Um, you know, he, he, he goes through the, the whole circle of time and doubles back mm-hmm. all the way to where the, the house is first plotted, you know, on that, on that land. And, when and, they, and he gets to watch himself in this relationship with Rooney. Yeah. 
later on, yeah, it's like, yeah, so he's back to like the 1600s or whatever. So he goes all the way back into the year 2000 or whatever his relationship started at that place. So I'm like, this isn't a love story. This is like an existential crisis is, <laughs> yeah. what, is what we're, we're looking at is, is uh, Casey Affleck's character is where does he fit in this world where, you know, he's, he's dealing with that even before he finally dies. You know, right. she she's dealing with something, too, and she's ready to move on and, and change and go into a different uh, part in her life. And Casey is stuck in this moment. And even when, when he dies, he comes back to the house and he's still just stuck there. He, he's, he's not able to move on even after she leaves. And my, my favorite personal um, favorite outside of the, the eating the food, the part of the, the movie that actually mm-hmm. like affected the movie for me is um, after he's been in this house for God knows how long. Because, I mean, it, yeah. could, it could have been a few minutes, but it could have been a few years. But um, she was still living in the house at the moment, I believe. But uh, he looks out the window and then he sees a house that looks similar to his. You yeah. know, they're both kind of run down houses. And he sees someone in a, in a sheet and I, I it's assume, not a white that sheet it goes it's got a pattern exactly yeah, yeah. and I was like I assume that the director was trying to let us know this is a female ghost possibly yeah. you know because like, I, yeah. I thought it was like a female ghost or a girl like a, like a, girl. a little girl a little like girl a, maybe yeah. yeah yeah and um so we're seeing that and then um and she's been there for quite a long time as well mm-hmm. so he looks over and then they're communicating through body language no actual words and then um he, not, not even any movement they just look at each other just kind of looking like, subtitles a little bit. happen yeah, yeah which I think it's such a cute way to convey that these two characters are talking just a yes. single shot and oh. then like oh they're not coming on subtitles yeah and it's so cute love but, it yeah but they uh they're, they're looking at each other and then um he, the ghost is like hello and the other ghost is like hi and he was like uh so what are you doing it's like i'm waiting for someone and casey affleck's character is uh he says who and the other ghost stands there for a moment and then you see i don't remember You know, like that's how long and that's how like sad this thing is. You know, you just been there for this. That particular ghost could have been there, you know, through the history of time five times over, you know, because by the time we get to the end of the movie, uh, Casey Affleck's uh, ghost has been haunting this same place for so long that he sees his own ghost. He he sees him himself, Casey Affleck, whatever his character's name was. And then he sees the ghost of that and himself. So it's like he can go through that that time loop 10 more times and fill the house with ghosts if he wants to. You know, but he was finally able to to let go, and that's a, a talking point where I wanted to talk to you about is what what is it that uh, that was able to to let him let go and cross over. This is the I think the the metaphor for this movie, and like on a very loose level, mm. is the 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 stages of grief, mm. uh, where you know you start with denial and then you end with acceptance, and mm. like I don't remember what the fuck's in the middle. Um, but I, th- I think the, the idea, like the very loose metaphor in this movie is, has something to do with that, which is he dies. Mm. He has a gate to the afterlife, which yeah. happens at the hospital, which he willingly ignores. Yeah, like he stands in front of it for a good like seven to eight seconds. Yep. So like he has the time to go if he wants. And then he ignores it. Yep. And then he goes back to his place. So he's in denial that he's dead. Mm. And he wants to, f- I, think that, I think that going back to the house is an act of denying his death. It was an act of going like, I can come back and things will be okay. Uh, so he goes back to the house instead of passing into the afterlife, and then he goes through the stages of grief mm. where he starts to slowly realize that she's grieving, she's gotten over him, she's dating again, mm. and, and, and it's, sort of a, it's sort of a process for him to move on. Yeah. The problem is that once she moves on, he, Casey Affleck's character has this sense of nostalgia, and he's always had it from the beginning of the movie. Mm. That's one of the problems in the relationship. He's got a sense for nostalgia, even if the things that he's nostalgic about isn't actually there. Mm. So this is a character that's stuck in the past. And, 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 and 
So when she moves on, he can't quite seem to let go and accept the fact that she's moved on. Mm. But he remembers that she leaves little pieces of herself inside the house. Mm. And so, like, I think uh, he didn't move on because he wanted to know what those little pieces were to sort of recover some part of his love life. There, there was a completionist part, and that's why going into, like, the uh, the existential crisis part, mm. the... Um, the, there was one, uh, you talk about the dialogue, where like how, how much dialogue was there? There's mm. a guy uh, labeled as the procrastinator. Procrastinator, yeah. So it was like he's just going on talking, talking, talking. And in, in film school, we learned that is the person that is um, basically giving the director's, um, the mouthpiece of the director. Right, yeah. You know, So um, he, he goes on to talk for about, I get 15 minutes or so. And in it, um, he has a soliloquy about... Um, Let's see. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shakespearean, even. Yeah. But he was like, um, let's see, do I have the quote here? Uh, but basically, he, oh, he's like, um, if a, a writer writes a novel, a songwriter writes a song, uh, what we do, what we can to endure. So I mean, his, his whole speech is like about people wanting to be remembered and mm-hmm. them wanting to do things, um, how Beethoven or, who, or Mozart, whoever his example was, was creating it things. Was Beethoven. Beethoven's Beethoven Symphony. Yeah. yeah. It was like uh, he's creating things for, maybe if you're creating for a god, if you believe in a god or a deity or a higher power, you know, you're doing it for that, uh, for love, for children, if you have children. But the thing is, is through time, everything is just going to die. Then your kids are going to die. Then their kids are going to die. And then it's just, is it still remembered you yeah. know, in it? And, and and in a way, like it's, it cycles back in a way, and that's that's what I was. thinking And he has about. a really poignant line where he goes like, "Some like we figure out how to make it to some other planet. Mm-hmm. We have a photocopy of the Mona Lisa, and yep. some kid spits an alien dirt and paints it, and then the cycle starts back over. It again. starts back over, yeah. yeah. And it's like I was looking at it in like a completionist sense because um, so when uh, when she moves out of the house the first time and she puts a, she tears a piece of paper very thin, so she can only put like three to five words tops on yeah. this small slither of paper that she wrote. They don't let you see what, what she wrote on the paper. She folds it up, and she has the house completely ready to move. She's painted everywhere else in the house, moved everything out, and there's a crack in the uh, like the door frame. It's not a door, but it's like the frame, one of the frames in the house. It's a doorway. Like a doorway, yeah. And um, she she takes the paper, folds it up, and pushes it inside of that that crack. And in my mind, it, it says, I love you, or I'll always remember you, right. or I'll never forget you. It's like, well, you don't get to see it, but it's just like, that's what you would assume it would be yeah, something she like wrote that. it after the death. Yeah. And yeah. then put it in there before she moved on entirely. Yeah, yeah. So she folded that up, put it in there, and then painted over the spot, you know, so it would always be there. She leaves, and then he immediately goes to scratching at that spot with his little ghost nail, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to remove, <laughs> remove the paint and get to that note, whatever it is. But he's he's sitting there doing it, and it's taking him so long, you know, that, like I said, um, the, the Hispanic family moves in, then he's pissed off about that, then he goes back to scratching at it again after they move out, and then he's almost about to make some progress, and and then the, it's bulldozed right there. Yep. So then he still doesn't have that completion. So he has to live through this whole cycle to where you get the high rise. And then as a ghost, he kind of commits suicide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but Which it, I thought was a hilarious imagery. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. Didn't think it was funny. Seeing the ghost fall like 15 yeah. stories down or whatever. So, I mean, I guess it just, it just went lights out for him at that point until the cycle started back over again to where the uh, the plot was uh, first, you know, made. Yeah. So we he, had some Plymouth Rock people. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to, he had to sit there from the beginning of time in that spot all and live or, or not live actually <laughs> or be a ghost Just or exist. experience yeah. yeah exist yeah he had to exist all the way back in 
until the moment of him and his girlfriend living in this house and her putting the note in there so he can start back over of scratching at that spot to see what it is. He finally gets it out. He looks at the paper and he immediately lets go, yep. you know, from there. And I'm just like, regardless of like, it's, there's some love story there. There's some like existentialism in there. And like I said, there's in the grief that you were talking about, the stages of grief, like there's this director put in so much with so little words. Yeah, and no, it, it is, it it is amazingly impressive the yes. amount of emotion that this guy packed into this movie. Oh, yeah. Considering the fact that it's no one says anything, no mm. one really talks, no one really addresses anything that they're feeling. Yeah. Uh, even even characters that would talk are just just most of the time choose not to. Yeah. And 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 I think it's gorgeous. I, I really I, I think the movie is has this weird mentality of like time doesn't care about you, mm-hmm. but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And 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 it feels uh, the movie like at first watch feels pessimistic. Like during the first couple of times, feel like this sort of negative nihilist approach of life. You know, mm-hmm. the universe doesn't care about you. You don't matter. Yeah. We're all gonna die. They're all gonna die. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But upon watching the movie, you really get this idea that. That the fact that Tom doesn't care about you is is reassuring mm. in in a weird way, and like you get to how do you say you get to experience uh, life because of the moment that matters and not necessarily being stuck in the past. Mm. So I think what happened like Casey Affleck's character arc was really a guy that gets stuck in the past, mm. learns how to let go of it and accept his present, mm. and so in, in the end when he vanishes again, I think it's yeah. him accepting. I guess I'm dead now. Uh, oh, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Let's and, move on. And 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 and, and it's gorgeous. It's, it's genuinely like a gorgeous little film about a person learning how to grieve and learning how to move on and mm-hmm. accept his fate. Yeah. And the fact that he killed himself in uh, from the high rise. Yeah. Which is probably my favorite shot in the movie. It looks nice. Thing. It's yeah. just like not the jumping off like when he's actually falling. falling. Yeah. Yeah. It's so pretty. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, that that says like you can't run away from time. Mm-hmm. You can only accept it. Yep. When you accept it, you can be free in it. Yes. But the more that you try to run away from it and you try to run away from like those feelings of inadequateness or sadness mm-hmm. or, or, or grief or loss mm-hmm. or whatever, um, you, you, you're just going to get stuck in the loop yeah. the more that you do that. So I think that the, the idea that, that the ghost had to kill himself mm first mattered significantly to the movie mm. because if, if he had just found the letter and accepted that you know whatever it would have been not that impactful the fact that he killed himself gives sedimentary gives sedimentation to the idea that you can't run away mm. you have to you deal with look it. it in the face yeah and you have to talk to it yeah and then you have to accept it which oh, yeah. is what he did at the end of yep. the movie when he read that letter and yeah. i i just Fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah, because like, what, what what happens is if he takes it out and reads the letter and doesn't find closure from that, like he right. knows what his existence will be. You yeah. know, like he's experienced that existence all the way through the circle of Tom. So it's just like, yeah, like why continue to haunt? Like, do you have a um? Are you a masochist at this point? Like a ghost yeah. masochist? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those like really like it's a sentiment that everyone has at some point. We've all locked into something of the past and mm-hmm. locked onto it. For whatever obnoxious reason, that selfish reason that we have. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I also think it's one of those things that's not particularly talked about in cinema. I don't think it's a story that people like to tell. Mm. Being stuck in nostalgia, people don't like to talk about that mm. because at the core, at its core, it means being stuck in something that's no longer there. Yes. 
And it's a depressing thought. Yeah. It's a really depressing thought. They uh, they address it. Uh, the, the director put this in there, Earl World writer. Direct, yeah. He wrote and directed yeah. it. Um, but he said, um, she said, what is it that you like so much about this house? And then he responds, history. Yeah, it's you like know? we have history. Yeah. And she was just like, not as much as you think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that's that was like a very big line, I feel like, thrown in there. And then it just kind of... Um, Brings home the point, you know, that that he's just stuck in the past. He's yep. stuck in the past with his house. He's stuck in the past with a relationship. He's stuck in the past in his own existence, you know. Mm. So, um, I I was very very surprised with this movie. Like, yeah, very. Surprised. I was quite nervous because I was. I knew I was asking you to watch five minutes of a lady eating a pie. I knew I was going to do that. And yeah. I, but but and the reason I was quite nervous is when I recommend this movie to people mm. and they watch it, they come back to me like, what? I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just not my personality. Like yeah. any movie that I watch, I don't come back and be like, that movie was shit. Right. Like I try to find something that I enjoy in every movie mm-hmm. and then give it the, the corresponding score. Right. So I'll, I'll come come talk about Ghost Story and the great things about it and then be like, yeah, it's a five out of ten. Yeah, <laughs> you of know, so, yeah. Uh, I, do, I do love like move on like the thematics of the story, gorgeous little story about time and love and acceptance yeah. and grief. Um, but the technicality of the movie is phenomenal. Too. Yes. Uh, first of all, it's shot in a four by three ratio. Yep. Um, but not only is it shot in a four by three ratio, it looks like the type of film that you would have in home memories and like in home video from the seventies. At some points. Yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Like it's got the little like rounded corner yeah. vignette. It yep. looks like a film frame. It does. And it looks oh, like you're watching. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks like you're watching somebody's home video the mm. entire time, which again plays with the idea of nostalgia. Yeah. You're watching somebody's past. Mm. And and so it's a very it's already a very weird thing to do for a movie where like half of your screen is completely black, mm. uh, and and I and I love that I think it gave it that it did give it that sense of nostalgia that I think the movie needed yeah. visually. Uh, the color scheme is gorgeous. Yeah, it looks nice. I I, I really love nice. the cold colors whenever Casey Affleck uh, is in the in the house mm. itself when he's by himself in the house. Yeah. There's never a warmness to it. It's always cold and mm. sort of far away and distant. Mm. Uh, the only real place is that there's warmth in the frame is when there's like with Rooney Mara, they're in the house checking stuff out or the Hispanic families in the house and mm. the party's happening. Uh, and I, I love that dichotomy of like cold for ghosts, warm for people. people yeah. And the ghost is prevailing most of the color scheme. Mm. He owns the house. And it's not until... There's one really cool moment before the party happened mm-hmm. uh, that um, he was looking at the hallway uh, and it was like super warm, super cold and mm-hmm. blue. And then he, the camera pans over his shoulder and then the light morphed to the warmth of the party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, orange is kind of red, yeah. Right. And it, ju- it just looks so gorgeous. Yeah. And they do that. And, 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 and part of that is like why I think time plays such a big concept in this mm-hmm. movie because the technicality of the way that the director handles time yeah. It's a little. Rem- it's reminiscent of the way Edgar Wright handles time, uh, right. where like for example, when Rooney Mara is like walking out of the house to go over and over her life, over. yeah. But she walks out of the house, and then the next thing she we see her walking out of the same bedroom in a different outfit, yeah. walking out. Yep. Uh, amazing, mm-hmm. amazing little technicality with time, uh, because it, it does. It, it has that portrayal of like. Time is going on faster than you can perceive it. Yeah. And it's kind of dreamlike. My, my favorite example of that, like I said, the, the Edgar Wright thing, we've seen it in um, from Guillermo del Toro. I mean, it's a, it's a practice that we get to see yeah. pretty commonly now. 
I liked when, um, like we were saying, when he's looking down the hallway and then the camera pans and you see something different. That's what I love that the most with, with time mm-hmm. because you're looking down a hallway. So we're with you in this moment of time, wherever that is, but then the camera pans to the right 45 degrees and we could be 10 years removed from what that last shot was, yep. but that's not explained anything. It's just, you and know, it doesn't need to. and it doesn't need to be. You were in an empty house that was abandoned looking down the hallway. And now you turn over and the house is full. Yep. Is, is it, is that 10 minutes from now? I'm like, no, you can't fill the house in 10 minutes minutes is this 10 years is this five years i'm like that's i love the way they're playing with time there and then it's like you might be on that shot for two minutes and then move over again and now you're in a completely different space and time we're completely different people completely different setting yeah it's it's gorgeous yes it is the way david laurie did that is probably one of my favorite ways that i've seen time being handled in in like a type of movie Mm. like this if um, with him putting up the the like the bulk share of the the money to produce this film, where would you um, say that you would think most of that money was spent? Honestly, I think I think it would be spent in probably post hmm. locations. Um, like the big majority of it would be in like getting your actors, but I feel like the most of it would be in post because they have to do some clever things in post. Oh yeah, like the VFX for getting the ghost sheets and all that stuff correctly. Yeah. Um, but my and I, and I say post because if you noticed, when uh, Casey Affleck wakes up as a ghost, every sound is distorted. Mm. It's playing slower than like an octave, like a, a speed. Mm. I don't know how to measure sound. Okay. Um, but like it's playing like a like a lower speed. The yeah. sounds are longer, drawn out, distorted. Mm. People are walking sort of slower and sort of floaty and yeah. dreamlike oh, yeah. and whatever. Uh, and that's in every shot that the, the ghost, ghost is, is in. in. Yeah. And the ghost is in quite a lot of shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I don't know how he shot. I don't know if he shot digital or he shot film. Mm. Um, but I reckon that whatever he did shoot to begin with was shot at a higher film rate and then uh, played at 24 frames a mm-hmm. second or whatever frame what speed is, yeah. he played it on. And, and to get that sort of dreamlike body quality to mm-hmm. it. Um, but that's also like quite taxing on like your actor because your actor has to move a specific way. Yes. And, and that's why I was like, that's Casey Affleck. Yeah. And that's another reason behind it. Because yeah. he's a guy that would be able to pull that shit off. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't know how he achieved that dreamlike foaminess of mm. like the movement of the world around him. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I was, uh, I was thinking like a lot of the budget and, and just thinking like when you're an actor looking at a script and then you're like, well, one thing, um, one of my favorite shots, and I don't know how you would have conveyed this to a Casey Affleck about how beautiful a movie is going to be. Like when you get a script mm-hmm. and there's not much dialogue to it whatsoever, <clears throat> like when, when he first dies and he's walking from the hospital back to the house and he's just slowly ghost bed sheet walking to the house. They, they, they zoom out further and further and further till you can see the full landscape of this land that he's walking across. Mm-hmm. And it is gorgeous oh, it's you know it's fucking gorgeous and then just like we were talking about he holds shots so we just see him walking and walking and walking <laughs> the, 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 it's like a pretty big plane oh yeah and you just see like an inch of like yep. Affleck yeah yeah it gets smaller <laughs> zoom out further further and further yeah. it's like it doesn't matter how long it takes him to walk home it could take him a year to walk home like yeah. it doesn't matter he has all the time in the world and like I, I just I love that but I, I was thinking about another thing with like say as far as budget is um where the money was going and tearing down those houses had to cost them something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like full and whatever they did with the high rise too, which must have been. 
I mean, yeah, he probably, he might have been able to like um, work with someone like, hey, we're building some high rises here. Right. Can I film while you're doing this? Right. But he had to buy those shitty houses and tear those down. <laughs> you know, it was like you can buy those houses for like seventy thousand dollars a piece or whatever. Then hire some construction people to tear that shit down like that. You had to spend a good part of your mm-hmm. money for that. But. And I was, and and it's just, I, I love, I love that he's unapologetically doing it, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, like that's my favorite thing about this movie. Mm-hmm. It is. A movie that does not care yeah. about your feelings about Be, it. Yes, just being your 100% self and yeah. saying fuck it if you don't like it. I, I, that's what I like. Yeah, that's pretty much. And, and I, I genuinely think it's one of the best movies that came out in 2017. Mm. Um, but it's it's not a movie that I that I can comfortably watch multiple times in a row. Mm. Um, just because the movie itself makes it. It, it just it, it hits close to home, the feelings that I have with time and nostalgia and everything like that. Mm. It, it, I relate to to Affleck's sort of character ideology, mm-hmm. and it, it it's uncomfortable <laughs> to watch. What would you give it? Um, a one out of ten. I'd probably give it like a solid eight. Uh, eight. Um, after watching it last night, I said B plus. So whatever that would be from one out of ten, um, like a seven point nine or something, mm-hmm. or eight. No. They said right, yeah, right around the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. It, I mean, it's it's a wonderfully directed, gorgeously shot, yeah. wonderfully acted. Oh yeah. And delightfully written mm. movie. Oh yes. And 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 I'm glad that uh, David Laurie added that monologue in the middle mm-hmm. because you, you would have gotten the thematics of the movie without it. Like we would have gotten that yeah. without it. Yeah. But that is of such a solidifier of thematics. It would it would be uh, equivalent to um to the Big Lebowski um the guy with the uh, the cowboy. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like you you'll understand the movie, but it's just like you know just got a little piece of the director, you know, just nudging you along a little further. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. Uh, but uh, but it was important because at that point in the movie, we already were lost in time. Mm-hmm. We've been following the ghost for about fifteen minutes. Yeah. And if we didn't have that, and we just kind of went on with the ghost, I feel like no one would be able to relate to what the ghost is feeling at that point because mm-hmm. there was so much time passed. Uh, yeah. From the beginning mm-hmm. to that, yeah. so it's like a perfect way of saying, like, oh no, 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 no. This is this is really what he's feeling. Yeah, let's continue with the ghost. That's so nice, yeah. great writing decision on that one. Oh yeah, it's fucking sexy. It is, and I Rooney Mara did an amazing job, and Casey Affleck. Yeah, he's a fucking ghost. He's a dude wearing a bedsheet, mm-hmm. and it made me sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. I guess Casey Affleck is probably one of the most underrated actors that I know. I, I really like him. He's, he's, he's definitely good. I like yeah. him, though. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I've been staring at his fucking face because oh, I have honest. a Manchester by the Sea yeah. poster in there. But anyway, I think Ghost Story is a fantastic little movie. It might be weird to watch if you're not used to that kind of movie. Like, if you're not used to, like, the quiet movies, uh, it might be hard to watch, but I absolutely recommend it. Oh, yes. I mean... It was a good movie. I mean, there's only so many good movies out there. And um, so, yeah, this is one of them. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. We're going to be, be right back with the closing. All right. <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, the, the closing premieres. <laughs> it's a television and movie premieres for the week of uh, January, uh, Tuesday, January the 9th through Monday, January the 15th. We're well into the new year now. Yeah, I don't We're like there. it. <laughs> 2018. Uh, let's see. The first one is going to be Friday, January the 12th, Disjointed. It's a uh, comedy on Netflix. Oh, is that the, the old white people with the weed shop? Uh, yeah, the uh, old white lady. Um, yeah. I can't think of her name right now. She's a very famous actress. Um, Rossi O'Donnell? No. That's old white lady, though. <laughs> around, uh, Catherine Bates. <laughs> Catherine Bates. Kathy Bates, yeah. She was in misery. That's yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> but um, Sorry. I, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't like this show whatsoever. I thought it was very, very bad. Like, I watched the first two episodes, and like I do on Twitter, it's like if I see a show, then I'll like talk about it a little bit on Twitter. Mm. And when I did it with this show, there was like a little backlash, like two or three like of my friends or whatever. They was like, no, give the show another shot. It's actually really, really good. And then I'm like, well, how can you get past the fact that anytime anybody makes a bad joke, there's a laugh track re like reaffirming that it is a that good joke. Yeah, and but I'm like, but no, the joke was bad. That's why I didn't laugh. Like you can put as much laughing in behind it, it's not gonna make it a good joke. Nope. You know, so it's like that's basically what the show is. It's kind of those those 1980s, early 1990s formatted um, shows to where they give you shitty jokes and then laugh tracks. Is it is it uh is it formatted like how I met your mother would look like or does it look like a like a television show like it, Bones would look like with the laugh track? Nah, it, it look it looks a more like how I met your mother. I met your mother. Yeah, it looks a little more like that. I okay. think it's actually single camera though. I believe it's how, how I met your mother was a single camera. Oh well, no, yeah, yeah, then it's very similar. Yeah, I only I didn't watch much of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. I like How I Met Your Mother was one of those shows that I recognize how problematic it is mm. in like social climates. Yeah, like I get it. No. But it's funny. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. There were, there were a lot of good actors in there. I just Neil I Patrick know. Harris, man, love uh, that man. Uh, the, the, uh, what's the guy? Jason fuck. Siegel. Jason Siegel. I like Jason Siegel yeah, a lot. He's really good. Yeah, he's done a couple of good, a couple of movies with the Duplass brothers. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. he's good. But uh, that's that's disjointed. Friday, January the twelfth. Um, like I said, I didn't enjoy the show, but there's a lot of people that are liking the show, and it's about weed. So I mean, it might that's why they suit like your it. fancy. That's yeah. why that's why they like. It. I mean, I like weed too, but I mean, I, I don't like bad television. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> I watch enough television to not have to watch bad TV. There's a lot of TV. There's a, yeah, there's a lot. There's shit. Um, <laughs> the same day is uh, January, Friday, January. <laughs> the 12th I can't wait for this I, and I don't know why he's still working but I'm gonna watch it anyway um, <laughs> my next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman it's a talk show on Netflix Dude, retire man retire as, as I'm saying like you're, you're old you're super old man like you did it like you did it you accomplished what you were out here to accomplish like we'll never forget you like as far as in my mind like you're the best late night TV talk show host ever like I fucks with you hardcore and I'm gonna watch whatever you do man. like you can be on your deathbed producing content and I'll watch it but it's just my mindset is like what is it within you that you you need to continue to put this content out you know right. and and like I, it would it would be one thing if like you had a passion like like Jay Leno I don't like Jay Leno I never liked his show you know but uh, he, he made had me a, uncomfortable I mean it's just he was mm -hmm. my guy I think I never thought he was really that funny mm -hmm. but um uh, he his, he had a passion for cars. You know, he would take any money that he was making and buy so many fucking cars. And you know, as you know, uh, cars are just a ridiculous pur purchase. You yeah. know, they depreciate immediately. But that's something that he wanted to invest his money and time into. So when he finished the J uh, finished uh, the late night show, now he does a show about all of these cars that he has and people that work on cars. But like, okay, I can understand that. You know, after you retire, you're doing something that you're passionate about. This yeah. is what you like to do. You go do it. And if people want to watch you do what you want to do, then okay. But David Letterman, is this what you want to do? You know, it you, looks like it. Like, it's been doing it for however, how fucking long has it been doing it? Like fifty years at this point. Forever. Way? Like, but I'm, but I'm saying, like, you, do you want to like be on Netflix and every day talk to people that you don't know and don't care about and pretend to be interested in whatever bullshit they're trying to promote? You know, day in and day out. Like, I mean, is that yeah. maybe it's just a need to connect? He just needs to talk uh -huh. to people. That, yeah, because so. that's the reason Marion does his podcast. Yeah. I, I guarantee they're entirely different formats. Yeah. But uh, it's the reason why Marin does his podcast. It's just like he just wants to connect with people. If if Marin's still doing that at like seventy some odd years old, then yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, yeah motherfuckers got a thousand, like almost a thousand episodes by now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Same nerds yeah. too. I mean, there's just thousands of episodes. But yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, that's uh, that's David Letterman. He's going to be coming back to. Um, and he's I gonna, hope he rocks the beard. Oh, that would be dope. Yeah. He said, Sorry. He said his, uh, the guests are going to be uh, Barack Obama, George Clooney, Jay Z, Tina, Tina Fey, uh, Howard Stern. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of good guests. Uh, Michelle, I'm going to be on uh, Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> I love making bad about my impressions. Oh, my. <laughs> so fucking great. That's, he has one of the greatest voices of all time. No, he does. He definitely <laughs> does. That's uh, my next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman. I can't wait to see more David Letterman ties. Oh, God. But that's on Netflix. It's going to be Friday, January is that the 12th. Thing? Does he wear a different tie every episode? Hell yeah, man. That's and um, he, he has a, a guy in, um, I can't, I'm not going to think of his full name, Paul something. Paul. Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer mm-hmm. is um his his pian- his pianist. I like that word. But um <laughs> he wears like a different jazzy like tie and suit and different stuff every episode too. Oh, wow. So I'll, if nothing else, I'm gonna tune in for the first 15 minutes to hear David Letterman do his monologue, and it's kind of like the like a uh, Mark Maron a bit to where he just goes in about yeah. whatever you know is happening. Yeah, and the way that he sees the world and talks about it for a little bit. Some of my favorite moments in, in the Maron podcast are that. Oh yeah. Did you did you hear uh, a, a, a recent episode with um. Uh, the director of Mother. I can't yeah, that is Aronofsky. Aaron Aronofsky, I, yeah. I, I watched that. That was a great episode. He was, uh, I, I just recently listened to it. Like, we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. work, just so many fucking podcasts. But um, he, the Buster had ran away. Yeah. And then he came <laughs> back on that episode. It was hilarious. So fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And like, my favorite thing is that Aronofsky would be talking. Mm-hmm. And then you'd hear Mark, Buster! Buster! <laughs> Buster! And he would like get up from the chair. And you'd hear him from outside. Buster! Come on, buddy! Buster! Yes! In the middle of the podcast, you got Aronofsky, this great director here at your house. You're Buster? not as important as a cat. You're not. He's You're not. not. That's what that said. Yep. Like, and he Thank understood you. you that. made a great movie. That cat means more to me than you ever will. Yes. That was. Did you, did you finish the episode like the end no. where um, Mark was like, yeah, I didn't finish your movie and you know I really wanted to, but short on time, he was like, well, just, just promise me that you'll finish the movie and then before, when you finish this episode, so then you talk about the ending yeah. of the, the movie. They didn't talk about the movie and the ending, but no. he talked about it in the next episode. Oh, he talked about it in the yeah. next one? Oh, okay, good. Good job, Mark Marin. And he started the, the episode going like, I finished Aronofsky's mother. Oh, good. You can okay. stop fucking <laughs> tweeting me about it. <laughs> yeah, because that episode had to come out a couple months ago or so, didn't it? You know, because I just I just heard it this week. Yeah, it was like Aronofsky, it was Aronofsky, Greta Gerwig, a writer, and then it came on the writer. So it was like, it was like, Oh yeah, it was like like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Some someone else. There was another. We were talking about Mark Maron podcast, mm-hmm. but yeah, there, there was yeah, it, it was really good. Um, so if you don't listen to that, check him out. Buster. <laughs> like the thing is, I get that. Yeah. If my cat went missing, I would immediately get off of the stable, and I, if I heard a meow, Lumi, Lumi, I get it. Yeah. But that's uh, that's my guest needs no introduction with uh, David Letterman. Uh, the next show is going to be on the same day of uh, that Friday, uh, January the twelfth, is Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, drama sci-fi. He's the guy that wrote uh, Scanner Darkly. Philip K. Dick's hmm? Scanner Darkly, mm-hmm. the novel that turned into a movie. That's oh. that's him. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he's yeah. he's a pretty prolific writer, and especially in science fiction. But um, this one here is a drama sci-fi on Amazon, and this is Amazon's answer to Black Mirror's 10-episode sci-fi anthology based on Philip K. Dick's short stories. Mm. Now, I have an issue when, like, if you're comparing yourself to another show. Yeah, it's like, oh, you like Black Mirror? Then come over here to watch this. No, fuck that. Like, what? 
Don't compare yourself Stand to Black Mirror. Stand on your own merits. Exactly. Tell me, tell me what you got. Tell me what you're about. Like even if it is like a similar to Black Mirror mm-hmm. and it's sci-fi and it's dealing with technology, don't bring Black Mirror up. Like the, the th- yeah, because yeah. you're not going to be as good as Black Mirror. No. You're just not going to be. No. Especially now that Black Mirror has a fan base in four seasons. Yep. It's it's like um, disappointment is is based on expectations, yeah. you know. So like if you're expecting Black Mirror and it's not Black Mirror, now I'm gonna come back and be like, that's not a great show. Right. Even if it is like a B plus overall, like you're comparing yourself to the to the god of of uh, sci fi anthology right now in, in this this these times. So yep. you might have fucked yourself a little bit here, but uh, you do have some some good uh, guests. It's gonna be Brian Cranston, Steve Buscemi, Terrence Howard. Oh shit. Um, a few other notable names, but uh, yeah, this. Gonna... Was Howard the guy that turns Howard? Was he the the black dude that went a little crazy after Iron Man one? Yes, yeah, that's, that's that is exactly the guy. Yeah, um, he he's he starred in the show um, Empire? Empire. Yeah, he had the show Empire for a while, but yeah, Terrence Howard. Um, that is see on Friday. So the next show on Friday and the last show. Totally. So, yeah, we got Friday, January the 12th, and it looks like there's nothing else good to watch the entire week. <laughs> um, the, the last thing is Tom Segura's uh, stand special on, on uh, Netflix. It's called Disgraceful. Tom Segura's pretty funny. I, I, like, I like Tom Segura a lot. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him. He seems like, like a cookie-cutter, wholesome guy, but then I listen to his, his, uh, his stand-up, and then he talks about like doing GHP and different kind of drugs as like, a younger person or whatever. And, yeah, I mean, he, he's awesome. Like I like hearing like stories from like very experienced people. Yeah. And even if it's like um, a very basic experience, it's just as long as it's one that either I haven't had myself or one that I've directly had myself, yeah. you know, it just put into like a funny way. Like I, I enjoy that. Yeah, Tom Segura is good at that. He's good at telling stories. Oh yeah. I liked him. Um, but that's, that's it for, for television uh, movies. There are three movies and we'll knock these out quickly. Uh, the first one is Paddington two. Mm. The sequel to Paddington is going to be out. That might make uh, Jonathan's top 10 uh, movies for 2018. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paddington <laughs> 2 is, um, is a PG movie it's a uh, 103 minute runtime. it's an animation adventure has a 90 meta score and it says Paddington now happily settled in with the Brown family and a popular member of the local community picks up a series of odd jobs to buy the perfect present for his Aunt, Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday only for the gift to be stolen <sighs> It's uh, it stars. Oh, was I supposed to react? <gasps> I'm sorry. Oh no! There you go. That's your fucking reaction. The, the, the suspense, the suspense of Patty. I mean, uh, it's like we're fucking around, but it's like yeah. I get kids. It, it looks like a great movie. No, man, I'm it's, not it's definitely not gonna watch movie, it. Yeah. But yeah, the kids. I think kids will really enjoy this. But um, Sally Sally Hawkins is in it, and Hugh Grant is oh, in this Sally as well. And yeah. Hugh Grant. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like I yeah, love Hugh Grant. I love both of those. Both people. those people. Yeah, they're they're both awesome. It's Did like, you know that Hugh Grant has two? No, Hugh Grant. I'm thinking of Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie from House. Yeah. Never different. mind. I'm not as impressed anymore. Right, I'm right. into it. Sally Hawkins. Okay. Not <laughs> I thought I, I thought it was Hugh Laurie. Uh, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Grant's the, the guy from the, all the rom-coms in the early 2000s. Fuck. Yeah. The Brit. Uh, this one right here is, uh, <laughs> the next one is The Commuter. Uh, the Commuter is a PG-13 movie, 104-minute runtime. It's a crime drama mystery thriller, 57 meta score. A businessman is caught up in a criminal conspiracy during his daily commute home. Uh, starring Liam Neeson. So I guess we know what that this movie is. No, pretty much. It's 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 it, 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 as an action movie. The trailer looked okay. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen anything. No, I I saw the trailers when I went to see the Last Jedi. Uh, it looks okay, but it's not uh, it's not amazing. Zero percent chance I'll be seeing this no. in in the movie theaters or at home or at any point in my life under my own volition. Like not gonna happen. Yeah. For Those me. are the type of movies that I watch with my parents. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah like when that. I watch a movie, it's like, oh yeah, I got this it's, movie. It's like not non-threatening. Like everyone can sit in the room and feel comfortable watching. Right. Like, to, uh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, and the last but not least uh, movie is uh, Proud Mary. It's rated R. It's an action thriller. <laughs> what? I'll let you. What? <laughs> it's just I love that that trailer so much because I haven't that, seen a trailer yet. Uh, that trailer started popping up like a month after Atomic Blonde came out, uh, and I was just like, "Oh, they're making Black Atomic Blonde." No way! Uh, like I, I still don't know what this this movie is about. But like the only thing that I know, like from um, posting it, is it says Proud Mary, and I'd assumed like I'll read the description here in a second. Yeah. I assumed that they were going to be doing a story about Tina Turner because Tina Turner her her name they were nicknamed Proud Mary. She had a song. Um, rolling on the river, no. proud Mary, keep on burning, burning, oh, rolling. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. And you have Taraji P Henson, so I'm like, maybe this is gonna they're doing another teen, um, Tina Turner story and having Taraji P Henson play Tina Turner. Read but, that <laughs> let's find out here. Read that shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's rated R. It's an action thriller. It says Mary Taraji P Henson is a hit woman working <laughs> for an organized crime family in Boston. Mary's life is completely turned around when she meets a young boy whose path she crosses when a professional hit goes awry. All right, so yeah, Black Atomic Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not checking for that at all. But the 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 the, the, oh, the thing no. is, like, I, I kind of like the premise of the movie yeah. a lot. I think it's fun. I just don't know how I feel about the actress. Uh, Tarashi B. Henson? Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, but I don't think she, uh, like, in the, what she looked in the trailers, mm-hmm. she doesn't look convincing in that, right. in that role. So I want to see the movie just because oh, no. I want to know if she is as convincing as I think she's not. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it's a fun movie. Like, it, it looks pretty funny, actually. It I looks mean, pretty great. yeah, I, I not can't. great in a good way. Great yeah. in like, 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 all right, let's, let's go watch Proud Mary. I mean, I, I, I really hope we get back to a time of, um, I guess like the, in the 90s, like you know how I talked about I don't, not into action really, not into yeah. horror, but there's a, something that would happen in the 90s when I really did get in action because you had action comedy. Like, what's, what's my guy's, um, Eddie Murphy's whole career is based off That's of action true. comedy. Yeah. You know, if you're watching Beverly Hills Cop, yeah, it's an action movie. Wait, what was that movie where he was in space? Um, Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash. Yeah. I like but, that movie. But yeah, that's that's later 2000s. Yeah. I mean, like, and his career kind of fell off pretty hard by then. But it's like, I still, like after that, it was just done. Pretty much. Before Pluto, <laughs> no. It was well over before Pluto Nash. Like, he had already did um, Daddy Daycare. And, um, like, uh, the, <laughs> he had not done Daddy Daycare before Pluto Nash. I'm telling you, it's right around, the, it's around that time. It's no around way, because I and, remember um, Daddy Daycare coming out. I don't remember Pluto Nash coming out. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Um, but yeah, it's like there was. I really enjoy like the action comedies of the '90s, and I'm not really getting those movies as much anymore. Like, Daddy Daycare, 2003. 2003. Yeah. And when, when was Pluto Nash? Uh, like '99 or 2000? 2002. Right around the same time. I'm Suck saying. my dick! It was before. <laughs> Doesn't year. matter. <laughs> <laughs> that year but no it's just like yeah and, and the way that i was remembering it, yes like by the time you got to like the year 2000 oh, yeah. it's like his career was kind of like yeah, over right. as far as like being like the main guy but but i, I don't know we're, we're we're at the end but it's just i just wish we could get more comedy and action. more action comedy yeah, yeah. Mm. that would be nice i like horror horror comedy has, has gotten a little bit of a revival yeah after get out yeah and ash of the evil dead a cabin television cabin show. in the woods Kevin, I don't know what's this fucking great. Yeah. Uh, T- Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I haven't seen that one. That's really good. Nice. Uh, uh, but like action comedy is just kind of not, they not had, doing it. They had one a few years ago with um, Bruce Willis, Red. Yeah, you which you one? told me was pretty good. Yeah. So the, first one. It. the first one was good. The second one don't. Oh, there's the second one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I got to catch some of those. Yeah. 
Uh, movies, uh, uh, movies have a weird cycle, man. Yeah. Some genres dominate over others Ooh, every so often. Would you consider uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World? I guess if it wasn't so uh, video gameish, yeah, because like that's what I was thinking, yeah. like kind of action comedy. Yeah, that's definitely an action comedy. Okay. I think that's literally classified as an action comedy. Nice. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. Me too. I, I want more I of that. Freaking love that movie. You can give me the in-your-face action, but like, can I get some comic relief? You know, that's, that's all I'm saying. All right. My favorite moment in Scott, I have two favorite moments in Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. It's when Scott's being and the P-bar comes on and mm-hmm. it just drains too. Love that. It would always make me laugh. And it's like, is Scott home? No, he's not here. Yeah. Ah, Edgar Wright, how much I fucking love your films, man. If I get to Mina right, I'm probably going to jizz in my pants and I'll do it. It's going to be great. I have to, I have something to say about Edgar Wright. Like, I, I don't even know if I've said it already either. Because, like, you're, you're a fan. You've been fanboying on him, like, way, yeah, way before. Dead, yeah. yeah, like, so, I mean, it's like, I've always recognized him. But I haven't, I wasn't caping up. So, I can't, like, take him. It's like, that's my guy. Like, that's your guy. But if we, if we were to, like, see him somewhere in public... I'm going to act like I've been like on his dick from day one. No, no, like I'm going to be all in his ass, hardcore. <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why. I seen an interview with him and the guy, John Hamm from Mad Men, oh, yeah. and one other person. And it, was the, it was the girl, the lady that played Darlin', I think. Oh, oh, it was yeah. a, the baby driver thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And um, so I guess you may, may have seen this one in this yeah. interview. And they're asking questions. They're doing like trivia. And I'm like all about that trivia life. I'm like my whole life is watching television and movies and knowing random facts about that. My whole life. And then sitting there and then like, having him recall stuff no phone in his hand no computer no he's like no i've seen all these things and i know about it he so it's like it. he just knows it. he's seen it and he knows it so it's like that's i would have to be up in his ass because i'm like bro let's just have a goddamn let's conversation talk, about nothing let's talk about 1960s television let's talk about <laughs> 1950 movies you know just anything like that guy has it in his brain like well, that's, fuck yes. that's how he's able to make so many great movies he's, he's awesome. just able to borrow from all of everything i mean yeah well yeah, yeah, that, that's part of it, yeah. but it's just like I don't know. I, 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 I fucking love, I fucking love Edgar Wright. Yeah, that video was amazing. Yeah. Edgar Wright, you got a friend in us, buddy. Yes, come on the show. Let's let's, <laughs> let's have a talk. Yep, you can do it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I envision like some sometime in the future, like we're actually going to be able to give like a shout out to someone that is going to be in town and come on the show. Yeah, that's going to be weird yeah. when that happens. Yeah, because right now we just always kind of do it as a joke. But one time we're going to hey. Uh, Edgar, you want want to come over for a chat? Maybe like a, lo- a lower tier person. Nah, <laughs> just straight to Edgar, right? <laughs> Go straight to Edgar. Yeah. I have high expectations. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today's episode, everybody. We will see you next week. You can find me on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at under uh, at underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS Podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes Podcast app, and Google Play Music under the name for film's sake. And you can find me on my personal Twitter at Brian Archia. I'm at a T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. Hey. And uh, that's it for today's episode. So we will hey. see you back next week, bitches. Mm. <laughs> no more show in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, number one show in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't give a shit what anybody says. That's in the ratings. True fact. It is true fact. Yeah, true, true fact. fact. You, you, can't, you can't hide the truth. No. I, should, I wish I had a sandal with the X-Files theme song. Nice. Just imagine it happening. <laughs> <laughs>